Welcome back to another episode of Standing Room Only. I'm your host, Matt Winnetoy. I'm here with Jason Simmons. Jay, we made it to another season. It's been a long off-season. Yeah, it feels like a while since uh, we've been on the old mic here, but looking forward to getting back into it with the season starting this week. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff has happened over the summer, so should be fun to talk about. And yeah, looking forward to being back in the, the virtual studio with you. Yeah, and you know what? I know a lot of our loyal listeners had been refreshing their Spotify and and really waiting for the next episode to drop. We had a bit of audio issues. We had a podcast episode recorded for the Seattle expansion draft, the NHL draft and everything, and a little bit of technical difficulties on our end. But, you know, we made it through the offseason and we're excited to bring you uh, season two of the podcast. Yeah, you know, Spotify might have some problem with all the traffic flooding to our, our new episode because everyone's been waiting in anticipation, but I gave them the heads up early uh, that we'd be releasing, so hopefully they, you know, did did all the back end the right way. So. Oh yeah, we had to turn notifications off our Instagram. We're getting so many brand deal messages and DMs, but um, you know what? Uh, we siphoned through that and we're ready to roll for this season, but... I guess before we get into hockey talk, surprisingly enough, this isn't our full-time job doing the podcast, and we do have a lot going on outside of this. Jay, why don't you give a quick update on what's new in your life? Yeah, so the pod doesn't, you know, pay the bills, definitely. We're almost there, but, you know, we're almost on chiclets level, but we're, we're still trying to grow. But, uh, yeah, so I work full-time. On the side, I've, I've like I've mentioned on the pod before, uh, I'm working with the Uxbridge Bruins, who's the local junior team here in town, Junior C. Uh, I played for them for three years, and I was the assistant GM last season, kind of during the COVID season. But I actually got moved up to GM because our GM left to go to Junior A. So that's been a really big learning process, really busy with it, <laughs> a lot busier than I thought I was going to be with it. Uh, but it's a ton of fun. Like, I love it. And uh, yeah, it's it's really fun working in hockey you know I love hockey obviously and kind of trying to make a career out of it is uh is a whole nother level so I'm loving it uh really busy though with kind of working full-time and doing that uh but again wouldn't change it at all I love it yeah running the show now that's uh that's incredible it's a young dubass in the making getting started in the juniors and working your way up the ranks but you know speaking with Jay we both decided even though we got a lot going on in our busy lives. We're going to do our best to keep this podcast running. We had a lot of awesome reviews from last season. We had some really cool conversations with guests that we brought on, and we're hoping that we can continue that momentum coming into uh, this hockey season. I think there will be a lot to talk about, and from our early talks, we have uh, some cool guests lined up, hopefully. So, yeah, I guess without further ado... We're recording this on Tuesday the 12th, and tonight is actually the opening night of the season, so super exciting time to be a hockey fan again. I think a lot of us go into a bit of a hiatus over the offseason and and don't follow too much of the storylines, but now that hockey's back, Jay, what are your thoughts? This is the first time in it feels like forever that we have a bit of normalcy in the game. You know, we got an 82-game season. Divisions are back to normal and, and fans are back in the building. How excited are you for this season? Yeah, very excited. And, and kind of to touch on your last point there, exciting to hear. I think it was last week that, you know, everyone knows that listens that we're, we're Toronto fans. But it's exciting that, you know, it's full capacity now at, at the Leafs games, um, which is something I didn't think would happen. I thought the government would, you know, only allow maybe 50%. But, yeah, it should be exciting to see. I think they play tomorrow night's their home opener, right? So, uh, should be exciting, but Matt, let's go back a little bit and 
and talk about your summer. You kind of had a bit of a big summer too, talking about your move. So yeah, give us a bit about about that. Yeah, quick life update on my end. Uh, no one wanted me to help run their team or to manage the team um, in the junior ranks, so not doing any of that, but made the move out of Ontario. I'm living full-time in Vancouver, BC. For the next year or so, um, decided to, you know, being able to work remote, I'm uh, going to start exploring around our beautiful country. And you know what? Uh, as a Leafs fan, there's definitely a little bit of a tug. The Canucks are uh, play right around the corner from where I live. And of course, we'll get into it, but the Seattle team is also a couple hours down the road. So I think uh, my fan loyalty will sway a bit being out here. Uh, definitely going to plan on attending some games because it actually doesn't cost an arm and a leg for tickets out here like it does back in Toronto, Jay. Yeah, definitely. I know I was looking at the tickets to go to the first Leaf game, and I as soon as I just saw the first press, I just closed closed the tab. I was like, no, no thanks. <laughs> Yeah, you got to find like one of those Tuesday night games against Buffalo. That's that's m- more within our price range. Yeah, but then you have to go watch Buffalo. <laughs> so true. All right, well, jumping into the season here, I think I don't even know really where to start. There's so much going on with regards to, you know, um, season previews. There's a couple storylines that have really been carried on throughout the offseason. But I guess let's start with some predictions for the upcoming season. What are your thoughts on, you know, kind of the league itself and maybe some teams that stick out to you that look like they'll be contenders this year? Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be really exciting because it was another tough year with the salary cap for GMs, you know, having to navigate that. It, it was very flat again, so it was tricky. You know, a lot of guys, again, have taken less money to go play places. Um, you look at Joe Thornton, who was playing with the Leafs down in Florida now, right, again, on, I think, league minimum. Jason Spets are re-signing with the Leafs on league minimum. So we're still seeing kind of that trend of those older guys still trying to win that that championship. One big kind of move in the offseason, actually, I'll talk about two big moves in the offseason that I think are going to make teams a lot stronger, is one, and, and I hate to say it because I don't want to see them win again, but Tampa Bay went out and got Corey Perry, which he, he's a game-breaker. You know, we've seen it the last couple of years in the playoffs, especially with Dallas and Montreal. He's the kind of guy you want playing for you in, in those big games. And, you know, he's going into a team that's won back-to-back. And really, they didn't lose a ton. You know, they've, they've lost some pieces. But they're going to be a very strong team again. Uh, so it will be interesting. They might be, you know, the first team to go back-to-back-to-back in a long time. I don't know what that stat is. I don't know if you have that on hand. But, uh, yeah, Tampa should be really good again. Yeah, well, you mentioned it. It's it's crazy how I think all of last year there was a lot of, I guess, an uprise with regards to the cap and how much Tampa was over and how they kind of played the system with Kucherov being injured and coming back for playoffs. And you know what? It did hurt them in the offseason. They lost their entire third line, which was kind of a key piece for them in the playoffs. But they did just find a way to, you know, bring in these older guys that are looking to win and and may not have much time left in their career. And, uh, you know, Corey Perry is a great example of that. Just someone that he's going to be a menace in the playoffs. We saw it with Montreal last year that nobody wants to play against this guy. He's a bit of a rat out there, but he definitely makes a difference. And, you know, slotting him in as a replacement on the third or fourth line makes a lot of sense for Tampa. I guess, you know, sticking with the Eastern Conference here and sticking with, you know, maybe some predictions for who may come out of it. Tampa Bay definitely looks like they're kind of and a class of their own again. Is there any teams that stick out to you that may give them a good a good run in playoffs this year? 
Yeah, um, I mean, in, within their division, you know, it's always kind of been Tampa, Boston, the Leafs the last few years. I mean, minus the North Division last year, I guess, was different, but before that. So I, I do think those three teams are going to be strong again. I think the Leafs might take a step backwards this year. You know, I think last year they had a really good team on paper. And it'll be interesting to see some of the ads that they've done this year on, on how good they are. But I think Boston's going to be really strong. You know, they kept Taylor Hall, which was a big kind of point on their checklist this offseason. Um, and then they added Nick Felino, which, you know, anyone that knows Nick Felino knows he's a game changer too. And he's another one of those guys, similar to Perry, that you really don't want to play against. Um, so I think they're going to be very strong. It'll be interesting with their goaltending. I think Rask is out till like January. So I don't know if they'll have the goaltending to, you know, really compete against Tampa. But uh, I do think their team's going to be pretty strong this year. How about you? Do you got anybody kind of in the East that you think could rival Tampa? Yeah, well, I'm with you. You know, to go off the Leafs' point, I think they'll take a big step back this year. It's going to be tough replacing some of those glue guys, like you mentioned, Foligno. You know, he didn't have the most successful tenure with Toronto, but he was kind of a guy that you could comfortably slot in the top two lines and, and not really worry about that. And then obviously losing Zach Hyman hurts a lot. So it'll be interesting. I think um, the Leafs fan base in general is a bit delusional with kind of this next man up mentality. But I don't know. I don't feel too comfortable slotting in Nick Ritchie and Michael Bunting into those top six group to replace the guys we missed. And then, of course, losing Freddie on the back end hurts as well. So it'll be interesting to see where they end up. I think one team that sticks out to me, and it shouldn't be a surprise, but somehow they're always slept on kind of year in and year out is the Islanders. They took Tampa to Game 7 last year, and I think lost one nothing in that game. And that was without their captain, Anders Lee, playing. I think they have brought back their entire core, if I'm not mistaken, from last year. Maybe losing a couple depth guys, but I think they can take a step forward again. You think of kind of their young guys like Matt Barzal, Bolivier's, as well as their goaltending tandem, you know, with Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov, like starting those two guys as a tandem all year is probably the best in the league. And, you know, if they can figure out who to ride on in the playoffs, I don't see how they don't make a run again this year. So they'll be a team to watch for sure. Yeah, for sure. Matt Barzell, you know, he's such a fun guy to watch. He's just such a good skater. And, and the Islanders, I think we talked about it a lot during the playoffs last year. They might not be the most fun team to watch, but they play hockey the right way, and, and they do what it takes to win. So I agree. I think they're going to have a better year this year. They kind of tend to slip into the playoffs, and people you know underestimate them, like you said. Uh, but I could see them being a little bit more dominant throughout the year this year. I think, like you said, I think they're going to take another step. Uh, one other team that I think had a really good offseason in the East, and I liked them last year, and they really had a tough year last year, was Philly. They went out and they really bolstered what I thought was a very weak defensive group. Uh, they added, like, Ellis from Nashville. Uh, they got Yandel, I think, right, from Florida. And Ristolainen from Buffalo. So that's three, you know, pretty solid defensemen that they're adding to that already pretty good group of guys as far as talent. And I think, you know, guys like Giroux, Couturier, they're really going to buy in this year even more just because they, they realize that their, their time's running out a bit there and, and they've kind of decide to run it back with this group but I think they're going to take a big step and I think you know Carter Hart had a really tough year last year I think with better defense in front of him a little more you know safety there you're going to see a lot better of a year from from Carter Hart yeah Philly's an interesting one right like Carter Hart obviously was coming into last year kind of their 
you know, cornerstone piece, and he struggled all season, and I think it kind of bled into the entire team. Uh, you know, like every game seemed to be high scoring, and there's a lot of you know pressure on the forward group to to be able to put up four or five a night to make up for Hart's inability to stop the puck. But let me give you three teams, Jay, and pick out one that you would be least surprised looking back at the end of the year to be in the Stanley Cup. Between, I think these are all. You know, these teams in maybe the like four to eight range that could really be in for a breakout season. It's Florida, Carolina, or the Caps. Of those three, do you think any of them are Stanley Cup contenders? And if so, which one sticks out to you? Yeah, uh, you know, I I thought last year Carolina was going to really turn a lot of heads and and kind of become that team that, you know, everyone thought they could be. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have a breakout year, but they do have, you know, new goalies there with Freddie. So that might take them a bit of time to figure that out. I don't know. Freddie had a really tough year last year, I think, mentally and physically. Uh, he was hurt, and then, you know, playing in Toronto as a goalie is not easy. Um, and when you're not playing well, like he was kind of not playing well, uh, that just makes it that much harder, right? So out of those teams, I would have to say Florida would be what who I'd be least surprised to see go far. You know, they, they locked up Barkov long-term. Huberto's, you know, been playing unreal the last couple of years. Um, and then they added some some good pieces like uh, Joe Thornton, like we talked about. Who you know he might be you know declining. He's a little bit slower now, but he's still a great locker room guy. I don't know if you saw the All or Nothing Amazon series on on the Leafs. Did you watch it? No, can't afford Amazon Prime if that's what you're <laughs> talking about. Yeah, I'll give you my login. You can go you can go watch it. But yeah, it's it's awesome, man. It's to see kind of behind the scenes of the Leafs. Uh, I was disappointed to have to watch that Montreal series again. But it was really cool to kind of see Joe Thornton behind the scenes. He, he seems like a great guy, a really good glue guy that, that keeps kind of the team together. So I, I think adding him is going to be good for Florida. And then I really like their, their young guy, Anton Lundell. Looks like he's about, or he's going to play, I think, to start the year. Uh, he's a rookie. He's a big Finnish guy. And, you know, everything I've heard and read about him is that he's, you know, he's the real deal. And he's NHL ready. He's big. Uh, kind of reminds people of Barkov in a sense, which would be exciting i think for florida to to have that guy and i think he's living with barkov as well so gonna learn a lot there from him so the only thing with florida is is the back end and i don't even just mean goalies i mean you know their defense i think losing yandel that's a big hole to fill ekblad will play 30 to 35 minutes probably a night and be one of the better defenders in the league this year i think but he can't do it alone and i don't know if they have really the the defensive core to go far but how about you Do, do you think florida could could go far or is there another team out of the caps and uh who else did you say there um carolina that could go far no i'm with you jay i think florida's a really big sleeper this year and it's kind of one of those teams that they run into bad playoff luck um you know last year obviously playing tampa in the first round but they gave tampa all they could really ask for in that first round going six games and making every game close i think florida as you mentioned have a couple problems they need to solve they really lack the depth on defense as you mentioned that they need to solve in terms of you kind of need more than just to rely on Ekblad to you know keep the puck out of the net and then of course goaltending as well you paid Bobrovsky a crazy amount of money per year I think it was close to nine million dollars per year and then Spencer Knight that young kid kind of outplayed him throughout the season so I think if they can solve those two issues whether it's through you know, bringing in a couple veterans on the D end or, or really just creating a bit of a platoon system for goalies and then riding the hot hand in the playoffs would help. And I have to give a shout out to uh, former standing room only guest Owen Tippett, 
he looks like he's in line for a breakout season. I don't know if you've been following kind of their training camp news, but he had, I think, uh, three goals in three games in the preseason and has pretty well firmly locked up a spot on the second line with Sam Bennett and Huberdos. So if you haven't listened to that episode, um, go do that because, you know, it was a great conversation with him. And he's been kind of the sleeper that Florida has had as a prospect over the last couple of years. And he could be in for a really big year. But yeah, no, I think overall Florida is, is going to be strong again. And hopefully they can, you know, maybe not match up with Tampa in the first round and make a bit of a run there. But to wrap up the East before we head to the West, Jay, give me your uh, Eastern Conference finalists and who you think will come out of there at the end of the year. Yeah, well, it's hard to not say Tampa for me. Uh, I think, you know, again, like I said, they, they didn't really lose much and they added Perry, uh, which just makes them even more scary. Um, so if you're talking playoff hockey, I, I think they're going to come or be one of the teams in, in the finals for the East. And then, hmm, I didn't really think about the other team, but how does the how does the playoffs work this year? Is it like, because they have the crossover again, right? Yeah, so I think it's the same as in previous where the top three of each division will make it and then two wild cards. Right, right. So, I mean, we mentioned them again, so I don't want to, I don't want to be repetitive, but the Islanders, they're another playoff team. Um, if they do make the playoffs, I think they're, they're going to go far again just with the way they play. It'd be funny to see another Tampa Islanders series because it was a really good series and it went down to the wire. But, you know, I'm hoping for a bit different just to kind of see something different. Uh, one team that I, I haven't mentioned yet, and I want to just throw out there, ask you if you think they're going to have a good year, but that's the Penguins. I know last year you, your hot take at the beginning of the year was that they wouldn't make playoffs. Well, they proved you wrong again. Uh, and, you know, heading into this season, they're without Malkin to start the year. Um, what are your thoughts on, do you think Pittsburgh will, is this the year they don't make the playoffs? Yeah, I'm doubling down on that. I think I have to at this point. Malkin's injured. I think he's out for over a month to start the season. Crosby's not healthy either. They have a clear goaltending issue uh, last year with Tristan Jari, who I don't think he stopped a beach ball throughout the first round of the playoffs. So, while I, I missed on my prediction of them missing the playoffs, they didn't do much while they're there. So I think they do take a step back. And I think overall the East is so strong that, you know, Pittsburgh could still be a really solid team and not be in the top eight this year. You, you kind of look up and down and there's even teams like the Rangers, the Flyers we mentioned, the Caps, Montreal, uh, that could all kind of take some of those wildcard spots ahead of Pittsburgh this year. And um I think if they do make the playoffs, which I'm not predicting, it'll be in kind of that 7-8 spot, just due to the lack of depth they have, and obviously their superstars getting a bit older. Yeah, so I think we're actually going to see uh, Crosby kind of step up this year. I think uh, I actually have him on my list, which this might be a hot take, I think, but I have him winning the heart this year, because I think he's going to carry them. Whoa. Yeah, I think he's going to carry them. We're going to see old-time Crosby. Yeah, and I think, you know, we need a different heart winner this year. And I think he's still one of the best players, obviously, in the world, maybe of all time. And I think we're going to see him really step up to the plate without Malkin there to start the year. So that's my hot take. I thought I'd throw that. I don't know if we're going to do trophies later, but I'll spill the tea now that I think Crosby's going to win the heart. So. I love it. Hey, he may have a chip on his shoulder. It's an Olympic year, and I'm sure all of Team Candace hype will be around McDavid as the starting center. So. You never know. Sid might just be uh, be in for a career year at whatever he is, 33, 34 years old. So um, I'd be all for it. You know, growing up, we were both, I think, big Crosby fans when we were younger. So would love to see that. But um, yeah, I think overall we've covered the East. You know, you went pretty chalk with your picks going with uh, last year's finals. And so I'm not going to do the same. 
I think the Islanders will advance out of the East, beating Florida. We gave them a bit of love earlier in the pod, and I think they have what it takes to make a bit of a run. And I think Tampa will run out of steam this year, whether it's due to, you know, just a three-peat is so tough to begin with. But I think maybe injuries will start to catch up with them, and it won't be their year to make the finals. But uh, we will see. Uh, We'll definitely dig up the archives coming back to this episode when the playoffs come around. So moving to the West, Jay. I'd love your thoughts before we get into maybe a couple teams just overall on the conference. It seems to me like this is really a lot weaker than the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. You look at some of the teams on the West Coast, like who knows what to expect out of Seattle, but like Anaheim, LA, San Jose, they all look like they've taken a bit of step backs and there could only be a couple of really clear-cut teams at the top, but I'd like your thoughts on the conference here. Yeah, well, I think if you break down the conference into the two divisions, some of those teams you just mentioned as being a little weaker, well, all those teams you just mentioned actually are in the Pacific division. So I think that division's going to be very weak. You know, Vegas should probably... Vegas and Edmonton, I think Edmonton will be really strong this year. Should kind of run away with that division, I think. Uh, and then I think teams like Vancouver and Seattle might stick around. But one team that you mentioned there that I think might be a bit better than people will give them credit for is going to be L.A. You know, we've been hearing a lot over the last few years about L.A.'s prospects and their kind of farm system. Um, I think this is going to be the year where you really start seeing that bloom. Guys like Velarde, Kempe, I don't know if Byfield's going to be on their opening night roster, but I think you'll really see those guys kind of have almost like a stress-free year where it's like no one's expecting much from them. So they'll just have fun and and they'll actually put up some decent numbers, I think. I think, you know, they still have Drew Doughty on the back end. Their goalies are hit or miss with Quick and and Cal Peterson. But I think they're going to surprise a lot of people, especially in that weaker division, you know, when they're playing Anaheim, when they're playing San Jose. Like, I think they're going to steal two points here and there. So I could see them maybe not making playoffs, but, you know, pushing for one of those wild card spots. But how about you? Is there any any teams kind of in the West that, you know, could be better than, than people might think to start? Yeah, well, I think you touched on it. I think this is Edmonton's year overall. You know, like, obviously they have their two studs with McDavid and Dreisaitl, which hasn't really panned out too well in the playoffs for them over the last couple of years just because they've always had defense and goaltending issues. But I think that management in Edmonton know they may be getting a bit more to the hot seat if they don't start making moves to win. And I think we could see something similar to what Dubas did last year and really get a bit desperate to bring in the pieces they need around the deadline to to make a run. And uh, I'm fully on board with the Oilers this year. Another team I think is kind of sneaky good is Calgary. I don't think they get the credit they deserve. They really didn't lose anyone besides, well, I guess Mark Giordano is a big loss for them. But they have a lot of good pieces up front, you know, Kachuk, Kudrow, Sean Monahan's really strong, and I think Yaka Markstrom, their goaltender, really gets slept on as well. They could be a team that comes out of the West and, and makes a bit of noise in playoffs, and I think they're also just built to be similar to the Islanders, just play opposing teams tough and, you know, be a tough out come playoff time. But yeah, it's interesting. I think the West will definitely be... I guess circling back two top teams in my opinion it's going to be Colorado Vegas and then everyone else yeah uh touching on your point on Edmonton I, I think they had a good offseason like we mentioned they got Hyman who every Leafs fan will know how valuable he is to a team and what he brings uh, and he's looked very scary alongside McDavid and I don't know if he's playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl or what exactly that line is but he is, you know, he's kind of gritty and, and, and all that, but he's quick enough to keep up to McDavid. He's not as fast as him, obviously, but he's quick enough to keep up. 
Um, and that's really what McDavid needs is someone who can, you know, he doesn't he doesn't fly by them all the time in the neutral zone. So uh, Hyman, I think, one of the best four checkers in the league. Um, he's only going to put more pressure on those defense that Edmonton plays against, right? And and that's just going to create more more space for Dry Saddle for McDavid and, and kind of all those guys there. So I think they had a really good offseason by uh, bringing him in and a veteran defenseman in Keith. I think Keith is going to do wonders for Edmonton's defensive core. Maybe not put up big points, but just, you know, be steady and poised back there. I think I think he's going to be a good mentor to some of those young guys. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Edmonton will be in for a good year for sure. And speaking of Duncan Keith, one team we have to talk about, you know, I don't know what was going on in the, this offseason, but I'd like your thoughts on kind of what they're putting together. It's Chicago. You know, obviously Taves sat out last year, but he looks to be back and healthy and in good standing, you know, to come back to that team. Obviously they have Patrick Kane. They got Kirby Doc back from, you know, his kind of gruesome injury he had before the World Juniors. And then surprisingly out of nowhere, traded for Marc-Andre Fleury, who looks like he's fully committed to playing for them. Do you think they're a contender this year uh, and maybe a sleeper in the West? Or are they kind of just this in that middling group that will be, you know, maybe a wild card team, maybe just miss the playoffs? Yeah, I don't know if they'd be a contender, um, but I do think they're going to be better. Like they're going to take a step forward. Uh, one name you forgot there too is they got Seth Jones, um, which is a huge acquisition, right, on the back end. Yeah, and then getting Flurry, who was the Vesna winner last year. Like, I was a little surprised on that trade at first, but then after looking at it, I was like, oh, it kind of makes sense for them, right? Like, they have that Lankinen guy who I think, you know, he's a he's a decent young up and coming goalie. But to bring in a, a number one goalie for twenty years, Flurry has been and had an un- amazing year last year. I think it was a great move. And then yeah, obviously adding Seth Jones, who's gonna be a Norris candidate, I think, for years to come. I'm actually really excited about Chicago. I watched them a lot last year because I had some of their guys in fantasy. So I think I'm going to continue to follow them. I, I, I really enjoy watching them. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's wrap up the West. I'll give my predictions first for this conference. I have Colorado, who we haven't touched on, but I think it goes without saying is going to be you know very elite this year again. Obviously, they lost Grubauer, but replaced him within a week, uh, bringing in Darcy Kemper. So... I don't see any holes with that team. You know, McKinnon, Landeskog, Granton, and Makar is such an incredible core to build around. And I have Colorado beating Edmonton in the Western Finals this year, the playoffs. So I guess my Stanley Cup Finals this year will be Colorado versus the Islanders. And I'm doubling down. I think the Islanders win it this year. I think they have a great team, great coach, everything. Uh, you need to, to make a run in the playoffs. But who do you have coming out of the West, Jay? Yeah, so uh, I agree, I think. Edmonton's going to have a great year. So I have them coming out um, and actually against Winnipeg. I've done a, a complete Canadian Western Finals wow. there. Yeah. I think Winnipeg, out of all the teams, they have not not the least amount of change, um, but they have just the least amount of question marks for me. Um, you know, I think Hellebuck's going to have a great year. I think, you know, one guy that is going to take a big step this year is Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think, you know, it took him a little bit of time to really get comfortable in Winnipeg, but I think we're going to see strides from him. And then, you know, one thing that's always been their downfall the last couple of years has been their, their defensive end. And, you know, they went out this offseason and got Nate Schmidt and uh, Dylan, uh, who are two, you know, veteran D that are really going to solidify, I think, that back end. You still have Morrissey there. Standing room only guest Logan Stanley had a really good playoffs. He's looking actually really good um, in the preseason too. So, I think, you know, they're going to be a lot better this year, a lot more uh, 
you know, all-rounded, um, not just offense and a goalie. Um, you're finally going to have some defensemen. So I'm going to push for them. I think, you know, guys like Shifley, again, kind of similar to what I said before, he realizes he's getting older, um, and they're going to be really pushing him, Wheeler, those guys. Um, and then they have so much talent up front with, like, Ehlers and Connor and, and those guys. So I, I think it's going to be a Winnipeg-Edmonton-Western Finals, but I see Edmonton coming out. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to be hungry this year. Wow, I love it. I love the Canadian fi- or the Canadian semifinals. Uh, what more can you ask for there? Leaving Colorado out, that's ballsy. I, I do like that as well. But, uh, hey, I guess we haven't learned from last year to, uh, you know, <laughs> reach a bit too far in the predictions. But uh, we will follow those throughout the season and, and kind of track to see the progress of, you know, what teams, I guess, we predicted before the season were going to either break out or make a run this year. I guess uh, moving on, I think, Jay, you alluded to, to this earlier in the episode but we're going to also do some trophy predictions for this upcoming season i know you talked about your heart trophy uh prediction going to be Sidney crosby can you explain that pick a bit more to me now yeah so you know i think when they look at mvp or the heart trophy they really take into consideration what the team kind of looks like at the beginning of the year or their expectations and then where they end up so my thinking is i think pittsburgh's going to surprise a lot of people by actually you know, kind of getting through the first part of the season relatively unscathed. And I think Crosby's going to be a big part of that. Similar to Chicago last year um, and Patty Kane, where it was kind of like, you know, Chicago's not going to make playoffs this year. You know, they're really taking a step back. But Kane, you know, being Kane, kind of kept them around and really, you know, kept that team together. Uh, and I think he was one of the candidates for the heart last year. So I think Crosby's going to be similar. And I think, again, he is one of the best players of all time. I think everyone can agree on that. And people aren't giving him that respect that he that he's gotten, and I think he kind of realizes that. So I think he's gonna show up this year and kind of have a dominating year. So that's kind of my reasoning. But uh, I know it is kind of a far far fetched hot take. So uh, how about you? Who's your heart? Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reach as much as you did there. Uh, I like it though. I like the Crosby pick a lot. I'm gonna just go say with... just say McDavid already. No, you know what? I'm going off the board a bit, probably with the number two option. I'm going to go with McKinnon, and I think he has another incredible year. I think, you know, it's kind of a winner bust year for Colorado, and I'm going to bank on McDavid missing some games due to injury this year, and hopefully McKinnon is, that's the reason why he, uh, he scoops up the heart. But, uh, you know, as probably the second best forward in the NHL right now, it's a pretty safe bet. All right, let's move on to... You know what? Let's go with the Calder. Top rookie of the year. Some candidates for this year include, I think, Cole Caulfield, maybe the leader there. Uh, Trevor Zegras out of Anaheim's a pretty trendy pick. And there's actually two guys from Detroit that could be interesting. It's Moritz Sider, the defenseman, um, who looks like he's going to make the team. And another name, I don't know if you've heard of him much, but Lucas Raymond is looking like he may be on the first line with Verona out. So those are kind of some candidates, but who do you have winning the Calder this year? Top rookie. Yeah, I think the guys in Detroit are going to surprise a lot of people. I like Cider and Raymond a lot, but I don't know if they're going to have, you know, just enough offense there to be Calder Cup champions or what? No, what is a Calder trophy? Uh, because, you know, they just won't, they won't put up the numbers. I think the first guy you said there's going to win it, Caulfield, um, you know, he's very exciting player, can score a ton of goals. Had that really good run with Montreal in the playoffs where I think he kind of got over that hump of playing in the NHL, whereas the other guys are coming in fresh. He's kind of already had that experience of playoff hockey. So 
I, I do see him kind of being the favorite off the start. I think most people do. And, and playing with Nick Suzuki, which I think he will, is going to really help. So how about you? I'm going with Trevor Zegers here. He's my fantasy sleeper as well for all the listeners out there that play fantasy. We'll get into that a bit later, but I think he's in line for basically first line and power play duties on Anaheim. I think they'll be trailing in a lot of games, so they'll be looking for someone to score. Who else do they and have? Who else do they have? Uh, yeah, Anaheim. Max Comtois. Ever heard of him? <laughs> I, I can't yeah, I think he was on the else. World I think Getzloff's still kicking around there at like whatever age he is, 37, 38. But uh, I think he'll get 60, 65 points this year and um, win the Calder. That's my pick. All right, moving on to the Rocket Richard. Most goals. Who's scoring the most goals this year? I mean, he's out because he's hurt off the start, but I have to say Matthews. He's just, he is the best. He's the best goal scorer right now. I mean, maybe Ovi might still be the best goal scorer in the game, but he's getting older, and I don't think he's going to put up, you know, 50 goals or anything. But Matthews, he he should put up 50 pretty easily. Uh, he, he, you know, last year he was on pace at one point to be getting like, I forget what it was. In the 50 games, he was on pace to get like 40-something goals. So I think this year he'll, he'll be over 50 for sure, maybe even get close to 60 or, or over. Um, and I think he'll take the Rocket Richard. How about you? Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. I'd like to go off the board a bit, but I think even with him missing a few games to start the year, he's the safest bet. He could easily put up 50 again this year in an 82-game season. Like It wouldn't even shock me if he went for 60 the least need offensive production from those top two lines and he'll be given every opportunity to score playing with Marner every game so all right two more we're not going to touch the Selkie or we're not going to touch whatever the coaching one is but let's go Norris top defenseman this year Adam Fox was kind of a surprise one last year do you think he repeats or do you think you know maybe one of these other young defensemen can take it yeah I don't think he repeats um you know he's a good player and all that, but I think I think he'll take a bit of a step back this year. Um, I do think it's going to be another young guy, and it's going to be Charlie McAvoy in Boston. You know he plays a ton of minutes, uh, and they look like they have a pretty good offensive team this year. I see you shaking your head. I'm, I'm guessing maybe you said him as well. Brutal pick. No, I didn't say I didn't say him. We'll get into my pick after. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to go Charlie McAvoy. I have him in fantasy, so I'm really hoping he's the Norris. But he was. I think he got some votes last year. Uh, and he plays like, you know, again, 30 to 35 minutes a night for Boston, who I think is going to put up a lot of goals this year. So I- I'm going to hope and pray for Charlie McAvoy. Wow. Big Crosby and McAvoy stand this year. I love it. I don't think the Norris is one for stay-at-home defensemen. I'm going to go with Kale McCarr. I think he's going to absolutely explode this year for Colorado. He could even put up, you know, a point-per-game pace. And I think of all the trophies this year, this one could be, you know, maybe besides Matthews winning the Rocker Richard, you know, kind of the, the biggest landslide in my opinion. So that's my pick. I think I'm pretty confident in that too. It's not really reaching at all, but uh, I think he's in for a big season. So, all right. Last award we have to predict is the Vesna. Andre Vasilevsky, this guy has been absolutely dominant in terms of the voting for Vesna over the last five years. I think he's come top two every year. Do you think he will win this again this year, Jay? Or, or sorry, I guess Flurry won it last year. But do you think he'll be in contention again? Or who's your pick for the Vesna? Yeah, I think you know obviously Vasilevsky's a pretty safe bet just because Tampa's such a good team. He'll probably have you know fifty something wins or whatever. But I'm gonna go with Connor Hellebuck 
from Winnipeg. Again, I, I mentioned I think they're going to be a really good team this year. I think they're going to take a step, and I think him individually is going to take a step. Not that I don't think he had a bad year last year, but I think it just wasn't up to the Hellebuck standard that we've seen in the past. And again, a lot of that probably has to do with them having a pretty weak blue line last year. Um, but I see with you know them adding those kind of veteran defensemen, I see him ha- getting a lot more help and, and him being a lot more productive this year. So I'm going to go Hellebuck, uh, but how about you, Matt? I'm going off the board. It's in line with my Stanley Cup prediction. I think Semyon Varlamov is injured right now, and I think Sorokin has a chance to, I guess, continue along his breakout season he had last year. Uh, young kid, super talented goaltender for the Islanders. I think if he can string together a few wins early on in the season and kind of claim that starting job, I think the Islanders will finish atop of the standings. And if my prediction's correct, that they do make a run for the Stanley Cup Finals and win, I think he is going to be a really cool sleeper. So for any gamblers out there, I bet he's got some pretty high odds to win the Vesna, and it's worth maybe throwing in a little bit of a bet there, in my opinion. So. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, he's pretty young, so that'd be it'd be very impressive to see him him win. Um, I wonder if can they give it to a tandem if him and Verlomov are both playing well? Can they can they share the trophy or no? You know what? They should be able to. I think if they could give it to a tandem, then the heart might be won by McDavid and Drysaddle for the next like fifteen years. But yeah, no, I, I think the Islanders goaltending is gonna be so strong and it'll really depend how they split up the starts there. If they kinda wanna I guess really make it a 50-50 split. I'll probably look like an idiot with that pick, but I'm just guessing that Farwamov is in for kind of, you know, he's getting older. They may want to rest him a bit more than they usually do, and Sorokin is, will will play, you know, and take a step forward uh, more so than he did last year. So, uh, last little bit we have for you here. I know we're running out of time, Jay. We got uh, we got some. Um, some meetings to get to after this and our regular jobs. I hope our bosses aren't listening to this, but fantasy corner. Uh, we did this a bit last year. Maybe give me a rundown. How many leagues are you in this year? Have you done any drafts? And do you have any, you know, kind of hot takes or, or sleepers that you're looking to target in drafts this year? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I am I pulled it back a little bit this year. I realized last year being in five leagues was too many. So I've, I'm just doing two. Uh, they're actually both keeper leagues, so the one's like a full keeper league dynasty that I've been doing for like nine years with my family and some friends. So that's, you keep everybody, so we don't have to really draft for that one. Um, and then the other one I do with some buddies from Guelph, where we keep five guys every year and then redraft. So I did that draft. There's I have two sleepers to talk about this year. Um, one of them I drafted in this draft, and then the other I didn't, but I still think he's going to be a good sleeper. Um, so, so the first one that I drafted, and I, I mentioned him a bit before, um, that's Pierre Luc Dubois. I think I think he was ranked like in the two hundreds or maybe late one hundreds uh, in in my draft. And I think you know he's such a talented player. We saw when he was in Columbus, and we saw flashes of it last year with with Winnipeg. But I think again, like I said, having a full year in Winnipeg on a good team that I think they're going to be, uh, I think we're going to see big strides from him. And then the other guy. Um, that I think is another sleeper. And you got to be careful here because if your league has hits and, and stuff like that, he might not be the best. Uh, but I think he's just too talented to be this low in the draft, and that's Clayton Keller. I know Arizona's not very good. Yeah, I know they're not very good, but he is so skilled. And if you watch them play, he's he's their guy. Like, he's the best guy on the ice for sure every time for them. So I think, again, getting him, he was definitely in the 200s in my drafts. I think that's a huge steal. So 
I like it. I like Keller a lot. I think he'll be really good fantasy-wise, and he's a lock to be on the power play too. So in terms of my fantasy this year, I really winded it back. I went from three. I'm in one league this year, but it's a pretty competitive league. It's 16 teams, and I'm going to hype up some of the sleeper picks I had in the draft. I have two for you today, Jay. It's Jack Hughes. I think he is going to have a big year this year. He's kind of always been on the brink of it. Obviously, first overall pick, but New Jersey, in my opinion, they're going to be bad, but I think they're going to take a step forward. Bringing in Dougie Hamilton was huge, especially for the power play. So I think if the Devils can unlock, you know, a bit of power play performance compared to last year, Jack Hughes could flirt with, you know, maybe 70 to 80 points this year, which would be a huge breakout, um, you know, really depending on where he's going for his ADP. And then for my second breakout sleeper, we haven't touched on this team, but I think we will a lot this season is I'm going to cheat a bit here and go with Lafreniere and or Capo Caco. I think either one or two or both of those guys will break out and have a big year. Right now, they're both in top six positions on the Rangers. And I don't know, the Rangers are built to just score a million goals and probably let in a million goals as well. I think they could actually end up being in maybe the top two or three teams for total goals for this year. Uh, you know, with Panarin there, Zibanejad, Adam Fox on the back end like they're pretty loaded with offensive weapons and you know what there's three players on a line so whoever's playing with Panarin whoever's playing with Kreider and Sabanishad is bound to get some points and I think um you know due to draft capital where they took these guys and you know hopefully getting them more opportunities one or both those guys are going to break out this year so those those are my guys this year I'm riding with them and uh I guess a lot of my uh, fantasy performance will rely on these guys my average the average age of my team is about 20 so we'll see how that fares nice so did you take Kako and Lafreniere you both cool. yeah I took them back to back you know what I reached for both of them and there's a bit of uh, a bit of chuckles in the group chat when I did so so we'll, well see one of, you know. one of them's bound to break out eh? exactly you're and just, I, I you're just, just hedging hope, your bet I'm hedging my bet and I hope both do but you know one will probably have to hit waivers at some point while the other breaks out. So we'll see. Yeah. Sorry, just to touch on your point on New Jersey too. I think they're actually going to be a better team than people think. You know, like you said, adding Hamilton. Um, I really like Ty Smith, that young defenseman they have there. Blackwood, I think, is going to be a really good goalie. Um, and then Hughes. Like, we saw glimpses of, you know, what he was supposed or is supposed to be, and that's supposed to be a generational talent. Um, and I, and I'm, we did see glimpses of that last year, um, and I think, like you said, they're going to take a step as a team, and as they take a step as a team, he's just going to be kind of that their guy moving forward, I think. So, yeah, I think that's a really good pick. For sure. And once again, you know, going back to the East, I think every team, maybe minus Buffalo, and I'll throw in Detroit for that matter right now, seems to have a really solid course. So it'll be an interesting year to see, you know, how that playoff race shakes out, but... Um, yeah, I think that's a good place to start, Jay, for our season preview. It was, uh, you know, awesome doing this again. I know we mentioned earlier in the episode we did take quite the hiatus this summer to kind of, you know, focus on other things. But at the end of the day, when we both talked about, you know, whether we wanted to continue to do this or not, uh, it's kind of hard to say no to talking about hockey and, and you know, putting our opinions out there for, for our loyal listeners. So we appreciate you guys, uh, you know, um, following along for for season two and we hope to uh to continue to grow this thing and to continue to give our hot and ballsy takes yeah 
I, yeah, we definitely appreciate everyone who listens and reaches out. Um, again, for those people who don't know, um, you can find us on Instagram at standingroomonly underscore pod. Um, and DM us. Like, let us know what you guys want to hear. Uh, tell us if our takes suck, which probably most of them do, I would think. Uh, and, and yeah, just, just give us some feedback because we really appreciate it more than you know. Um, and Matt, before we go, just one storyline that I want to talk to you. I might already know your answer because I think you said you think he's going to get hurt this year. But is McDavid going to get over 150 points if he plays a full 82-game season? Yes, if he plays an entire season. I think he's he's injury-bound in my opinion. Um, I think he's had a couple you know great seasons of playing 82 games or however many were last year. But I think he'll be on pace like – that team is wild like I I don't even I can't even comprehend how good of a player he is and like he's just such a cheat code in terms of like five on five in the power plays so I think he will and I don't even think anyone maybe Dreisaitl will come within 20 points of him if he does play 82 games like he's that good yeah that'd be pretty impressive to see a 150 point season in in today's hockey just with less scoring than there was like that would probably rival, you know, one of the best seasons of all time by any player. So, really, that would be exciting to watch, for sure. I agree. Great guy to get in fantasy if you got that number one overall pick. So, yeah. yeah. Can't really go wrong. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Once again, you know, um, give us a rating on on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you enjoy kind of what we talk about. And, um, yeah, uh, make sure to DM us or, or give us any things you would love for us to touch on any guest ideas any segment ideas whatever it may be we're always open to listening and kind of you know exploring with that so we'll see you guys next week and um thanks again for listening